Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with the Fabulous Three, myself, Tam, and my man, Front Row Kenny. How y'all doing? Let me hear it. What it do? It's Renee Garcia on the Twitter and the Instagram, and what it do, Front Row Kenny on the Instagram. Well, actually, Front Row Kenny on the Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's going on? What's going on? I tried to look up Kenny on Instagram and I couldn't find him. But then I realized he's, I, I think I remembered he said he didn't have an Instagram. And I was like, oh, okay, that's right. That he doesn't have one. I, he's just on Twitter. Well, he's on the <laughs> gram. On, he just don't want IG. nobody in his business. Ah, <laughs> oh, got it. Got it. Yeah, I got to make sure I get you on there, uh, Renee. I'm going to make sure I add you. Okay. Yeah, because he, he's, uh, he has a whole nother name for the gram. But. Aha, there it is. Man, <laughs> let's just jump right into it. We have so much to talk about. So much has gone down. So much has changed. A lot has happened. But before we go into all that, Renee, what was up with you in Las Vegas? Because I know you went to Vegas. Yes, ma'am. Las Vegas was uh, not Las Vegas when I got there. We got there on a Wednesday, you guys, and it was uh, not not anything happening. It was deader than a doornail, to be honest with you, as far as Vegas standards go. And uh, and I was okay with that, you guys. I was uh, I was okay with that. We went by the pool, hung out at the bars later on that night, and uh, some of the restaurants. But I can tell you, the weird thing about Vegas was is that when we got there on Wednesday, you guys, they weren't requiring anybody to wear a mask or anything. But by Thursday, six o'clock. Uh, anybody who was going to be seated at the poker tables playing, po- actually playing poker, whether it was blackjack or whatever the tables were there, um, they required you to wear a mask. And then later on in the evening, we noticed that they were putting plexiglass up in front of the dealers, and 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 we saw this kind of progression going on. Uh, and then by the by the next day. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, uh, by, by Friday morning, by the time we got down there, they had also put plexiglass individually for each individual chair and player. So in other words, if you were going to sit down and play blackjack, for example, your chair had its own plexiglass kind of like, uh, uh, thing going on there. And the only thing that was open was underneath. So where the dealer could pass the cards and you could pass money and chips and stuff like that. It was very, very weird. But we got out of there in a hurry, like about um, uh, early Saturday, uh, early on Saturday morning, and um, and there was a lot of people coming in. I can tell you that. Uh, so I was thankful that we got in there when it was dead. That's weird, Renee, because you would have thought Vegas was closed for over a month. Why didn't you yeah. guys put all the plexiglass and all the safety precautions in place prior to the guests arriving? Like. Hello. Exactly. Had plenty time. <laughs> right. No kidding. Well, you know what? I'm gonna say this. You guys know I'm never really political, but they got a ass backwards mayor. Because <laughs> remember when it all went down? And again, you know, I think everyone is entitled to their opinion. But when you have 
a uninformed opinion, miss me. And she was clueless about everything that was happening when we first embarked on this COVID-19 situation. And if I'm not mistaken, though, it came out that she doesn't have any authority over what happens with the strip anyway, even though she's the mayor of Las Vegas. But yeah, well, I'm glad you got your fix in and made it down to your favorite place, Las Vegas. But yeah, Vegas is just not going to be the same. Seriously, though, when you think about it, this is the time when Vegas starts to heat up. Like, yeah, you're exactly. down there partying and raving and all the DJs are down there. Like real quick, two things. One, one of my good friends, Michelle Levy, she actually, actually, I'm sure you know Scam Artists, the DJ booking company. Most of mm-hmm. the DJs in Las yeah. Vegas are represented by Scam, but she actually was the executive director at Scam for about five or six years, but she left Scam recently to go back to do her own company, which is called At Large Entertainment. And nonetheless, right. we were talking because way back in my day when I used to book DJs and, you know, manage DJs and do a lot of press and uh, media relations for DJs. Her and I used to work together a lot. In fact, we did a party during Winter Music Conference in Miami. We did a tour with a few popular, like, well-known super DJs, female DJs, that is. But nonetheless, when we were talking, I was like, Michelle, like, really? There's no business because there's no DJing going on. Like, there are no clubs open. Like, when Germany tells you that their industry will never be the same, that's a wake up call for the entire world because Germany parties 24 hours a day. And not only that, Black Coffee announced that Abisa, as some people will say, Abifa, but as Americans say, Abiza, Abiza was shut down <laughs> for the summer. They're not even opening. And for those who may not know, Abisa, Mykonos, Las Vegas, those three places. That's where you party in the summer. And also... um, Croatia. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So those are the four party places for most Europeans, but people from all over the world, if you're into that scene, you go to one of those four places. I've been lucky to have been to three of the four places and I've partied hard in Ibiza. I've partied hard in... Mykonos, as some people will say, Mykonos. But, and oh, and of course, I've partied many times in Las Vegas. I have yet to make it to Croatia and it was on my list. But hey, looks like all things have changed. But nonetheless, that was hashtag Tim's Rent. I haven't done one of those in a long time. Kenny, what say you? What's up with you? How was your weekend? I know you worked. Or did you work? I don't know. What's up with you, Kenny? Yeah. <laughs> I think that like pretty much like summed it up. It was a relatively chill weekend for me. I guess the only in quote, I guess you could say highlight for me, for those who watched um different series on TV, I watched a series called The Shy. I know Tam said it's a little too violent for her. My mom has also said the same thing, and some other people I know that have watched it, but season three, I think. Yeah, the third season came out on Sunday. It was a pretty good episode to kick things off. Given a lot of the situations, for those that do know about the show, there were a couple characters that were removed 
due to some off screen stuff and some things happen. So, you know, this season's a whole lot different, but that's like pretty much my highlight. But that was all I had for my weekend. Oh, yeah. I know that one guy who actually was in Kong, the movie. He was actually in a film that one of my clients was well, my client's client, but technically, I guess it's my client as well. But he was in that movie with Mary J. Blige that was Netflix because I know a bunch of them got nominated for a Oscar. The film, actually, I believe the DP, the director of photography, a couple of people won Oscars from that film. But I know exactly what guy you're talking about. His career is mm-hmm. done. Like, Oh, yeah, it's done. Yeah. You know, speaking of careers being done, this is real random. I don't even know if it's appropriate to talk about on the podcast, but my friend Michelle Levy that I was telling you guys about that books, the DJ, she also works with a bunch of influencers and stuff like she works with Miley Cyrus, sister, a bunch of people. Um, Yeah. One of her old clients, Ron Jeremy, he's in trouble too. <laughs> and again, that was real random. I'm not sure if that was appropriate to say on the podcast. <laughs> I didn't say what Ron does. I just said that one of her cl- old clients, he's in trouble. Right, right, right. I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> so as you guys know, we were at Dega, baby, as in Talladega, before we jump into all the news and NASCAR talk. Just going to give you guys a quick recap on what went down in Dega. And I'm not talking about the other thing. I'm just talking about the race for now. Ryan Blaney came in first. Ricky Stenhouse came in second. That was one of the closest finishes ever because you didn't know who was going to cross the finish line first. And you didn't know who crossed it until they slowed it down. And Ryan Blaney came in first. Ricky Stenhouse second. Eric Amarola came in third, but he wasn't even facing forward. He was facing backwards when he rolled over. Yeah. <laughs> and when he when he rolled over the finish line, I said when he rolled over, let me finish my thought. I'm so excited. Dega was so great. I, I'm I'm jumping over my words, but yeah, so what was crazy about that? You had to really slow it down to see if Eric came in third or if Denny Hamlin came in third, because that was close as well. But Denny came in fourth. Eric Jones came in fifth. Chris Busher came in sixth. Alex Bowman came in seventh. John Hunter Nemechek. <laughs> That's not a tongue twister, but I don't know. I need to, I'm on 10 right now. Maybe I can bring it down to nine. Well, I'll bring it down to eight. Then I can pronounce the words <laughs> correctly. John mm-hmm. Hunter Nemechek came in eighth. Kurt Busch came in ninth, and Kevin Harvick came in 10th. That rounds out the top 10. Bubba is our notable for more than one reason, but Bubba came in 14th, and Bubba actually was in front. I think he led one whole lap, so that was pretty exciting. Who didn't break the top 10 is Kyle Busch, and I'm like, what the hell is going on with the Busch man? He has not won this year. All the Penske guys have won a race. Drivers from Joe Gibbs have won a race, but not Kyle Busch. And, of course, Stuart Haas has won a race. Well, actually, only Kevin Harvick has won a race from Stuart Haas, correct? Yep, that's it. I believe so. Okay, yeah. So, where do we go from here? Well, let's talk about the Dega poll. You guys know Jeff Gluck did his poll and I don't have it up in front of me, but the last time I checked, when he asked, was 
Dega a good race, it was like 98% said yes, and then it was a small percentage that said no. I'm not quite sure who that small percentage is, but you cannot please everybody. And I don't want to, I don't want people to think what I say goes, but at the end of the day, I'm going to say this. Something's wrong if you didn't find Dega great. Dega was some good racing. Now, granted, it's not the Talladega that we're used to in the past, but boy, I can't say enough how, how great the racing was. So in addition to Gluck's poll, if you follow us on the Twitter, we typically ask one question at the end of stage two of every race. And that is, are you enjoying the race so far? This week's question was, are you enjoying the race so far at Talladega? Are you entertained? Thoughts on the package? Vote and comment below. Hashtag NASCAR. Hashtag Geico 500. When we checked the voting, 92.2% said I am. 3.9% said the race has its moments and 3.9% said could be much better. Kenny and Renee, I don't know about you, but I need to know what was that 8% really thinking? Because that was a hell of a race. <laughs> Kenny, what did you think about the race? I got to agree with you 110%. I don't know what the 8% were looking for. I can't figure it out myself right now. I've watched Talladega long enough for at least a decade. I can say, and I don't know what more you could have asked for. You got 57 lead changes. I think that's the most in 10 years. Last time was 2011, and Jimmy Johnson won that race. I believe it was 88 lead changes. It was a lot of lead changes in one race. That was a tandem draft era for those that don't know. But I thought you got a little bit of everything when it came to Talladega this weekend. I mean, we had to got it to the point where it was down to fuel mileage. And it's at Talladega. You don't really hear that very often. But with the addition of thinking, okay, we might not make this thing past halfway. And that might just be official. So either we got to go now or we got to wait. We got to watch this weather. Crew chiefs were all over the place trying to figure out what, what are they going to do? Who's going to make it? All you heard on the spotter stand was, look, save, save, save. We've only got two, three, four laps, whatever. Ever it was, that's what everyone was focused on, and it made for a hell of a, a hell of a race. We got an insane finish once again. Ryan Blaney wins on a Monday, of course, after having having a regular day this time without spinning out once. But yeah, you know, it was a solid day. You had different guys mixing it up front all day long, so I mean, it was clean as it could be. I think for Talladega's sake, but just ultimately one of the better races of the year for sure. And I think one of the best races just in general from, um, from beginning to end, even down to the celebration at the end with Blaney and Bubba, of course they talked. And of course, Bubba walking up to the grandstand and seeing something like that was amazing. I'm not even going to lie. That's something, that's something that made me cry. Cause that's something I couldn't have imagined to see years ago, but to see it now is amazing. And to see all those people support him. It was, it was dope. It was a great moment, but yeah, I think that's like my best sum up. One of my favorite races of the year, bar, bar none. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to uh, piggyback on the both of y'all. I don't know what that 8% was looking for either. I don't know if they thought maybe Dale Jr. and Jeff Gordon were going to come down <laughs> and get in the car and start racing. <laughs> I'm not sure what they were looking for, to be honest with you. But I, I thought this race had pretty much everything, just like you said, Kenny and Tam, from the get-go, from from the beginning 
to the middle, to the end. It was just, you know, all over the place. It was chaotic. It, you know, people were passing each other. It was fantastic. And then how can you even describe the ending to that? And, and Tam, the fact that Eric Amarola came in third going backwards, come on, man. I mean, let's, <laughs> man. I mean, you didn't know who, you didn't know who was going to finish that race, but, but Eric Amarola just coming across the finish line backwards. <laughs> he could have easily won that race too, coming backwards. You, you never know. It doesn't get better, Renee. It's just that, just what it was. One thing I want to add, like, what do we have? 56, 57 lead changes. And not only did we have that many lead changes, not a single car got airborne. Yeah, that's very true. We can dissect the package, but I actually like the racing. You still got some pack racing, but... The race gave you everything. You got drafting, you got bumping, you got pushing, you got everything. And then you still had, you didn't really have the big one that Talladega is known for, but you had an accident at the end. But I I just had an epiphany. I think that 8% who didn't enjoy the race were Chase Elliott fans. Because <laughs> <It's possible. laughs> when you were talking about the race had everything except Dell Jr. and Jeff Gordon, it clicked to me. I said, those 8%, they were rooting for Chase. And they were upset that he got taken out. That's the only thing I can think yeah. of. But yeah, just as great as the ending of the race was with the drama in terms of how they crossed the finish line and everything that happened when Blaney won. Blaney... You can look at Blaney until he visibly didn't know how to feel. And then it hit him and then he started to celebrate. And then, of course, when Bubba came out, everything was awesome. Bubba went and he didn't have his mask on. He didn't have his gloves on. And he touched every fan who had come out to see him. And it was a great moment to see diversity in the stands at Talladega. And not just a one or two sprinkled here and there, but a cluster of people of color. That was awesome. But what was also awesome was the beginning of the race and how all the drivers showed up for Bubba. Now, since then, we all know things have changed in terms of, you know, it was supposedly... A noose was found. Well, I guess it was found, but it wasn't what it appeared to be. And some people were pissed off because I know that one guy, what what's his name, Kenny from Sears Radio, his son is upset and he said some crazy words. What what was the Yeah, Mike Skin yeah, Mike Skinner, his son Dustin Skinner. Yeah, I don't even want to glorify ignorance and I am gonna say ignorance with a response or a comment if you want to know exactly what was said you can google it all i will say is that the daddy was like yeah my son said all that stuff but that's not how i feel and you know something's wrong when your own daddy don't have your back yeah no kidding so i think kenny what did you say that uh, you said that the daddy was like Oh, I was like, that That statement itself was just like, yo, hey, y'all, my son's wild, but that ain't me. That's not me or my wife. That's like basically what I saw. I guess we need to address the elephant in the room. So people are pissed and they're mad at yep. Bubba because of 
They just mad at Bubba. I mean, uh, you know what? I'm exhausted talking about this S-H-I-T. I'm just going to spell it. I don't even have the energy to say the word. I'm just exhausted <laughs> talking about it. So you know what? I don't talk out. Kenny, if you want to talk about what happened, Renee, one of y'all jump in. I'm sure whatever you say, I 100% agree with. And then we're going to talk about Pocono and some predictions. But if one of you guys want to, that'll work. Go over. Yeah, go go ahead, Kenny. Yeah, um, you know, obviously the news has shifted a whole lot in like 24 hours. I mean, just in general, it's been like a a whirlwind of a weekend from Sunday night to Monday with you know what transpired, and then to Tuesday with the announcement of of the FBI announcement, letting people know that. It was it had been there before and that's what they discovered and that's what that was. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people who are, you know, in a weird way, happy that this is, you know, how this happened because, it you know, follows along with their rhetoric that this was just a hoax and this was just something fake. But I just want to say right now from a person who lived in Alabama for four and a half years, almost a fifth um, in a place like that, you can't say that. That's something with with all the tension that's already been going on as it is in this country, that it wouldn't be something to put past anybody. Like I hate that that has to be the be the notion, but that's just what you feel when you're in the deep, deep South. That's just the feeling you first get. Of course, you know, for me, I got used to living there for a while, but you know, it was always in the back of my mind. It never left my mind. You know, I mean, just the day before on Saturday. There was a set of, a set amount of people outside of the track with Confederate flags, you know, obviously, you know, trying to say defund NASCAR and being mad at NASCAR for what they did, even though it's a private company and that's their choice to do whatever they want. But it's just sad to see how many people are trying to compare this to another situation, which I'm not going to state. If you know what it is, you know what it is. And that's what people want to stick to. And here's my thing. He didn't find it himself his crew member did and given what's been going on that entire weekend i think if that was me in that situation i probably feel the same way if that was the case because you know you want to protect obviously your teammate just like in any other sport but when you're the lone guy like how he is as in the drivers you know you're gonna you're gonna think about that so Again, I'm glad that no one in the garage has done something like that. That's a good that's a good sign. I'm glad there was a precaution taken given the hostility that's already going on as it is. I don't think there was something wrong done, but I think the problem with this whole thing happening like this, there's going to be one big thing forgotten that happened this weekend as well. It came out on Monday that at Sonoma that there was one fa- uh, there was a noose found. Hey, this time it was hanging on a tree at Sonoma. And I feel like now because of what just happened for the people who are just super excited that that this is a, this didn't happen, this is fake quote unquote or so to speak or you know however they feel about it, that's going to get overshadowed is what I feel like for the time being. It's going to be something that no one's going to pay mind to, but for anybody that's listening, just think about that too. This isn't just this isn't just a one time thing. I'm thankful that it didn't turn out that way as a hate crime in itself, but still, there are people like that, as you can see on Twitter, based on all the reaction or Facebook or wherever you're looking from, you can just see it. But all I'm going to say to close this out for myself, for what I have to say is, look, 
if you've got that much hate in your heart still to this day, you shouldn't be looking at anybody else to be wrong and anybody else to be asking for an apology for some reason. You should look yourself in the mirror and actually rethink how you how you operate, how, you, how you're going to operate for yourself, for your family, for your kids, whomever. You got to think about that. So I just think overall, I just need people to do better. And I don't want that to overshadow. We still had a good, a really, really good moment that a lot of people didn't expect to happen at all. You know, so just take it from that. And that's just, you know, what I've been thinking about. It, it boils me still to this day to see the way people have reacted so far. But that's just, I think that's all I got. And, you know, Kenny I'm and, and Tam, I'm going to uh, just uh, uh, once again, I'm going to piggyback in, in second and third motion everything that you guys have, have said about this whole uh, situation and incidents in general. The great thing about it is, Let's just say for all intention and purposes, let's just say for the sake of this argument, it was a hoax that like some people are, are claiming it was. Well, you know what? I think the hoax backfired because in a positive way, because look how much that the NASCAR family came together. They didn't fall apart. Drivers didn't go one way and the other drivers went the other way and one garage went this way and the other garage went that way. They all came together as a family and they all did something that was all unexpected that we all witnessed on Monday. And it was pushing Bubba's car to the front. And they all, and, and including the king himself, Richard Petty, who hadn't been at a race in, since this whole pandemic went down. I mean, granted, he is in that age range where he is so very susceptible to catching this virus and, and it being a very deadly thing for him. But he came out, uh, had his mask on, but to show his support for Bubba, Regardless of now that we know that it was not a noose and it was uh, false, I guess, uh, according to the FBI, which is, uh, which is fine. And I completely understand that. But the way that this, this, um, this whole com- NASCAR community came together with the drivers and their pit crews and, and all the garage guys that came out to walk with Bubba and stand with Bubba and, and the way that the uh, track itself spelled I stand with Bubba like that was absolutely phenomenal. It was emotional. It was powerful. Uh, and, you know, uh, to have that happen without anybody re- really knowing and some of the drivers taking it upon themselves, Jimmy Johnson in, in specifically, getting all of these guys together and doing that, you know, that speaks volumes about where this this whole sport of ours, this sport that we cover, the sport that we all three of us love uh, called NASCAR, it shows the direction that it's going. It shows that the heart that it has. And it shows that all of these drivers, they want change and they want change to go in the right direction. If this is, if this is the way that we can get new fans, it, it has to be this way. And on, on top of that, and I'll end with this, I think that being said, now that we know what the situation is, uh, I, I personally don't go back on my feelings about e- even some of the videos that I posted on my own personal social media about what happened. Uh, now that I know. Uh, what has transpired after the fact, uh, uh, knowing that somebody didn't put it there and it wasn't a hate crime. Well, you know what? That's a great thing. That doesn't change how, how I feel. It doesn't change how any of those drivers feel. I, I bet if you went and asked all of those drivers, you know, would they do it again? I, I would imagine they, they would say, you damn right, I would do it again. But the fact that they did it, regardless of the fact whether it was a hoax or not, shows you the, the mindset and the heart of where this, this sport 
wants to go and needs to go and, and, and things need to change. When change comes, we all know this. There's always things and there's always people that don't want to change, but it, things have to change. And especially in this sport, I think if you ask random people in general, Hey, I'm going to give you one word and give me three things right off the top. NASCAR. Well, they're going to go, Oh, I don't know. Fast cars turn left and rednecks, uh, which is, <laughs> which is probably true. I mean, then that's probably a true statement. But see, that is why we need to change the sport and, and, and the way that we're going. And that's why what happened yesterday and what transpired yesterday before the news came out of the FBI not finding it a hate crime. That's why these things need to happen, because we need to go in the right direction. We need to go in a different direction if we want to get new fans, if we want to get different fans. Because I can tell you right now, it seems to me that there's a lot of fans that are watching this sport now that, that weren't watching this sport to begin with. What Kenny just said and what Renee said, because as I already said, I'm just too exhausted to even make any other comments. Are you guys ready for some predictions? It's time for Grace Predictions. I am ready for some predictions. Let's do it. Renee, All who right. you got? We're double header at Pocono. We are racing on Saturday and Sunday. So instead of giving your pick and then an alternative pick why don't you give me one number one stunner for the saturday race and one for sunday okay so let's go here on saturday i'm gonna go with a guy that i picked uh last week as well i think he needs to turn it around and i and i and he's not having the best year of his career at, at all by any means i think he might actually be having a jimmy johnson type of year uh, because <laughs> and I wouldn't put that on no driver. <laughs> yeah, exactly my point. But I feel that this weekend he's going to do it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the checkered flag on Saturday. So I'm gonna go with Kyle Busch winning Pocono on Saturday, and on Sunday I'm actually gonna go. I I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Blaney pulls it out again and and goes back uh goes back to back on weekends here. So on Saturday. Uh, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch, the number 18, as my winner. And on Sunday, I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney as my winner. Those are my picks. I'm sticking with them. What do you say, Kenny? All right. Like Tam said, we had the Pocono. We got double header. Weird enough, we've been getting a lot of these weekends. We had two races in a week, which is crazy. At least two Cup Series races, right? So I guess now, this is pretty much the normal for right now. But um. I think for me, for my first race on Saturday, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch, who is searching for a win right now in the Gibbs department. He's looking for a win pretty badly. And then for my second pick for the Sunday race, I'm actually going to go with Denny Hamlin, who has been historically really, really good at Pocono. So those are my picks. What say you, Miss Tam? Straight to the point. Denny Hamlin on Saturday and on Sunday. I don't know. I don't think I know that driver. <laughs> I know, right? So, yeah, Denny Hamlin on Saturday. You know what? Just because I'm riding the Denny train again this year, although I do want Jimmy to win, I'm going to change it up. No, actually, Denny Hamlin on Saturday and Chase Elliott on Sunday. Oh, yes. All right. Good deal. So, Denny Hamlin on Saturday for Tam and Chase Elliott on Sunday for Tam. Those are our picks. What say you fans, if you have picks of who you think is going to win this weekend at Pocono, let us know on our uh, social media. Hit us up across the board at Turns No Breaks. That, again, that's at Turns No Breaks across the board. Let us know who you think is going to win and be in 
uh, taking the checkered flag home this weekend at Pocono. And as always, we always like to thank you guys for tuning in and listening to the, our podcast here at All Turns No Breaks. Please continue to support us. Please, if you know anybody that loves NASCAR just as much as you do, just as much as we do, turn them onto our podcast, please. As uh, always, uh, too, as well as we like to say, take care of each other, be safe, be kind to each other, you guys. And for Tam, Kenny, myself, thank you for tuning in to All Turns No Breaks. We'll see you next week. See y'all. Be safe. Listen. And be kind to each other. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. 